0: I don't know too many things in life, but the things that I do know, I know that I know. When I source a real estate deal, I know a deal when I see it. I know a deal once I evaluate it, peel it back, and I know what levers to activate to give it more return, to kind of be cost effective, and to deal with it in an optimal way. I know that as a business owner from that, knowing that I know. Of course, I'm not. I can't predict the future. Again, I I don't know how to hit a golf ball really far or or shoot a basketball that well. Actually, I can shoot a basketball, okay? This is what I do know. So I know how to position myself. And then I also know as a business owner how to create some level of... Diversification and a level of protection against the, the market swings.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. Really, really, really have a treat for you today. We're joined by Youssef Alexander. He's the co-founder and partner at Real Estate Asset Partners, where he's based out of Atlanta. and And the reason I'm, I'm so excited for this one is. Youssef is doing a lot of the things that uh, we're, we're scheduled and we're on track to be doing more of. Uh, he's got a great handle on the commercial markets. He's boasting some amazing returns. Youssef, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's absolutely our pleasure. Uh, you, you know, the, the audience oftentimes likes to get a flavor, as do I uh, of kind of the, the preamble. How did you end up where you are today? And then in your words, if you can describe what it is exactly you're doing, then I'd love to jump into some deal stuff, but I know you've got a hell of a background. Uh, you've got a degree in business, business economics from UCLA, uh, and you're also a professor. How, how did you end up where you are? Was real estate in the background at any point or?
0: Well, I love answering this question, James, and thanks for asking it because it depends on the mood I'm in whether the story is the you know, the smiling story or it's the story with all the lumps and, and the school of hard knocks on it. So I'm, I'm in a pretty good mood. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the, you know, the streamlined uh, version. So basically born and raised in Los Angeles and um, went, to, uh, went to UCLA. And after UCLA, that was deciding on which career path to take and the career path I took, um, it, it didn't show up until I was actually working as a math teacher. I was a math teacher at a middle school. And I met a, a mentor, a local guy that was, you know, buying and selling small properties, got under his wing, started to buy and sell, cut my teeth into it with smaller deals. And what I, what happened to me one time I was teaching school and I had my roll book on one side, my attendance book, homework log, and all that for the students. And I had deals on the other side and the deals were taking up more of my time and more of my, you know, uh, attention than the role book. So I said, you know what, I'm doing these these math students a disservice, and I, I, it was time for me to to go full time and and kind of hang up my teaching hat. Although I loved it and had a great time. So from there, I learned to reposition properties in in some marginal areas in Los Angeles. Did that for about eight to ten years. Then I took those returns, those business plans, those Project uh, completions, and I, I I banked a group of investors who were able to say, "Wow, this is kind of a good place to place money in a, on, for short and medium term." And I took that and scaled it. I scaled it to multiple uh, multifamily multi, uh, multifamily real estate on in different markets. Went to uh, Nevada, then I went to North Carolina, and then I end up in Atlanta. And uh, from there, that investment group was able to we were able to scale our projects and scale our, our syndication of funds and we just kind of grew from there and um yeah so that's that's kind of the streamlined version of of beginning to, to now now i i pick my my spots sometimes I'll, I'll collaborate with a syndicator sometimes i'll do some deals you know on my own or sometimes i'll uh you know take a bite off a bigger project and and, and formulate a group again
1: Okay. So uh, just a couple of questions on, on what we just covered. You said you got started repositioning uh, some properties in marginal areas. I assume that it was a barrier to entry price, right? Is what drove you to start there? Is that what the issue was?
0: Well, that's all I knew. I wasn't, you know, I, no one took me under their wing and said, let's uh, you know, do beachfront property in San Diego. I didn't, you know, I was from Los Angeles and you know, Grew up in modest beginnings, so this is what I knew. This is kind of start where you are, do what you can, you know, that type deal.
1: Now, were you using your own funds at that point? Were you putting together, you know, friends and family raises? How, how did you first jump in?
0: Well, well, the the PG version is yes. I'll, you know, everything. <laughs> I threw everything at the wall. You know, from cousins and 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 family and 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 you know the guy who I sold a bunch of. Records. I don't even know if these kids, I'm, I'm old. I mean, you know, I have some records I had, I had to kind of, you know, you just do You do what you can and you, you, for down payment.
1: So you, you do what so many of us have done that, that had humble beginnings, right? You're, you're scraping your claw, you pull it together and you start, you know, finding that you've got a nose for deals, right? You, you start seeing, you've got vision, I assume, right? You, you see what's there, but you also see what can be. You're pulling the deals together. You're starting to bank money. Interesting that you jumped. You said Nevada, North Carolina, Atlanta. You started to jump out to different markets uh, relatively quickly. Yes. What was behind that decision?
0: Scale. So it's you know when you scale in a in a a major uh, metropolis in the United States, it the scaling and the barrier of entry and the the kind of the the sophistication of things is a little bit different. So I wasn't able, I was able to scale in a city called Bullhead City, Arizona, where I bought my first 22 units. It's the, the, James, the hottest city in the United States. (laughs) So, you know, 120 degree weather, but guess what? They were selling, you know, 22 year old uh, guys apart, multifamily apartment buildings during, during the, you know, early nineties. So I got my experience with a multifamily outside of my, my neck of the woods. And then that experience, I was able to say, Hey, well, where, where else can I take this, you know, the same sophistication.
1: So you something that we've, we've seen, we've been screaming about for the better part of a decade, um, is the decentralization of real estate out of these big cities. Uh, coronavirus certainly has put, put a spotlight on that. I'm curious in your experience being in LA, similar to New York, Uh, I'm sure that there was a certain level of diligence and vigilance to get through the municipalities, sign-offs, permits. Um, You know, we we tend to have very, very high barriers uh, for that type of work. As you went to these other markets, did you find it was an easier process? Well,
0: you know, there there is pros and cons. You know, so you and I, you know, we're, we're 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 city rats. We're big big city guys, and 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 we're used to the the stimulation and the complexities of these places. Now, um, you know, you take that to a different market. Sometimes those complexities are to your advantage, but then sometimes those complexities are to your disadvantage because what happened, what I had to do is, and this is one of the things when I mentor people, I say, well, listen, keep your radar in your own market because you have your pulse in that area and you understand the, 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 you know, the nuances of how to sniff out deals or source deals in that area, I would go to different markets and pay too much, James. <laughs> so, yep. so, 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 you know, Hey, here comes Mr. Mr. You know, slickster city slicker, but Guilty. yeah, I'm paying, you know, above retail because I'm not in the fabric of the community to um you know, to, to source deals. Now, when I went to North Carolina and um, Atlanta, it was a totally different, you know, area, I had my home offices or my headquarters, my, my, my home, I bought a home. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the community. I'm in the community. I'm hosting after school programs. I'm, I'm a part of the community and I'm actually there to, to uh, you know, have abundant exchange with the community.
1: So uh, first of all, God bless you for that work. It is so important. All this other stuff we do doesn't mean a damn thing. If you're not helping lift everybody up around you, I'm a big believer in that. And I applaud you for that kind of work. Um, something that that we've seen. uh, And I'm curious what your take is on it. The exact thing you just talked about, you go to some of these other markets, and you look at, you know, a a 20 unit building over 8,000 square feet of commercial uh, in our home market, that's a $2.8 million deal. And in this local market, it's an $800,000 deal, Uh, we get in the mindset of buying a payment, we default to our norms for cap rates, we understand what our cash on cash is gonna be. We understand what the deltas are. We think the deltas are gonna be between rent and uh, our debt service. We jump in and then we come to find out the the locals passed on that deal at 650, right? So as as the decentralization continues, the legislative threats, uh, something that's super high on any SWOT analysis we do now, we're really hyper-conscious of the legislative threats that we're seeing in the marketplace. Um, legislation that is oftentimes super well intended. We're finding that in practice and in actual deployment really complicates things. And it, there's a lot of unintended consequences. Uh, and the buck seems to stop uh, with the investor and the landlord now more days than not, at least locally here in New York. So, something that we've been bullish on, you know, going back five, six years ago, we said, let's get out of multifamilies. Let's tell our clients, get out of multifamilies the legislative threats, the changes in tax structure that were coming, um, and the decentralization of the city overall, it made sense for us to get into what we thought was the next hot market back then, logistics, manufacturing space, industrial. We were blessed in that we hit the mark on that, uh, but that's becoming saturated now, right? So there's more and more pressure to go to these uh, outer, outer city towns or small cities. You had, mm-hmm mentioned bullhead city in Arizona. Uh, and we're finding now that not even, uh, folks are not only going to those secondary markets, they're going to the secondary markets to those secondary markets. Uh, and if you're not careful, in my opinion, there there's, uh, because money is so cheap right now, and there's an abundance of it in like the family office space, people are buying, they're buying payments. They're not. It's not. They're not buying quality real estate deals. They're buying payments. And I think that when the music stops, which you and I have been through enough cycles to know, it's going to stop. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are in so many of these emerging markets that now have piggybacked these secondary emerging markets. Do you think that that folks have to to be weary of the next turn, or do you think that there's been enough relocations that it's going to hold?
0: Well. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, one is, you know, a, as a business owner, you, you know, you wanna look at things as a business owner and then you wanna kind of forecast immediately what you're dealing with, what markets you're, you're trying to, um, you know, grow, grow in and progress in, and then the market as a whole, what kind of drivers are, are like you said, the cheap money, the interest rate, the regimes, the political regime, the, the, the taxes, then you, you wanna kind of evaluate it on, on, on that front as well. At, just as a business owner, as a business owner you know i don't know too many things in life but the things that i do know i know that i know so when i source a real estate deal i know a deal when i see it i know a deal once i you know evaluate it peel it back and i know what levers to um to activate to give it more return to kind of be cost effective and to deal with it in an optimal way so i know that as a business owner i wouldn't tell uh, you know, and then, of course, my investment group as well, you know, from my track record and my expertise, then that that becomes a, a project that we'll do from that, knowing that I know, of course, I'm not, I can't predict the future. But again, I, you know, I don't know how to hit a golf ball really far or, or shoot a basketball that well. well. Actually, I can shoot basketball. Okay. But, I, you know, this is what I do know. So I know how to position myself. And then I also know as a business owner, how to create some level of of diversification and a level of, of, um you know, uh, protection against you know the, the the market swings. So I'm not and I'm not going to just chase a payment or chase an interest rate or chase a appreciation. I'm going to put the full scope of evaluation on it as a business owner. Now, as a market in the market, that, you know when like you said things get hot. Uh, people are saying, hey, you know, let's go to industrial space and, and and you know the cannabis industry, the film industry, all these things are growing. You know that's just You know cnbc talk and 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 if people and there's money like you said a lot of cheap money and a lot of uh, a lot of money out there that chase you know you know the sexy the sensational and what i what i say to those folks is if you have money to burn burn it i don't you know i'm a business owner so i have to put the, the 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 lens of my expertise my life experience and my my thought leadership into Sourcing deals, placing money, deploying you know um, resources.
1: So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I think, and and I, there's not enough folks talking about it. And I'm I'm glad that you 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 are talking about it. You have the courage to talk about it. But I think that probably come 2025 to to twenty twenty six. Is when uh, that second round of stimulus ends. It'll be another presidential election cycle headed into the midterms. Um, I think that we're in for a, a rude awakening in some of these markets. So absolutely, and yeah. and not to cut
0: you off, but you said something so important. Like, listen, if you have a group, you know, a family office or an individual that's chasing delta or chasing, uh, um, you know, yield, that's what you're going to end up doing, chasing. Yeah. If you have a group or an individual, or family office, you know, selectively buying assets, then that's what they're going to do. Sometimes you eat the bear and you get a great deal. Sometimes a bear eats you, but you still learn that experience from, uh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes you, you learn from whatever experience that, 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 you know, you encounter, you eat the bear, great, you have a deal, everybody's high-fiving, and there's a lot of fat on the bone. You get eaten by the bear, guess what? That's called the school of hard knocks. And then you say, yeah. you know what, we're not going to chase Delta in New Mexico, not to say anything's going on in New Mexico, a market that you don't know about. And you have this, you know, sensational or sexy idea to say, let's go buy, you know, a million uh, square feet worth of, uh, you know, industrial space to do, to grow cannabis.
1: Yeah. So the the strategy you touched on earlier, though, the diversification and the hedge is what keeps the balance, right? You you can't hit every deal. Every deal is not a home run, but if you're consistently hitting those doubles and triples, occasionally you hit a grand slam, and occasionally you strike out. But when you're you're measured, you're not chasing the 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 delta. You're not buying the payment. I can't say it enough, folks. As sexy as some of these deals look, you have to make sure that there are still the sound fundamentals in the marketplace where you're looking where when there's some market shifts, uh, people are not picking up and, and, and literally, like during 2008, uh, after that fallout, 2009, 10, 11, we traveled all around the country because I wanted to see firsthand some of the fallout. Some of the stories we heard were tough to understand being in New York. As challenging as it was here, Youssef, it was still New York. It was still the epicenter of jobs. There was still, uh, if someone lost their job and and a lot of people had really hard times there in New York, I'm not trying to minimize that, but there was still opportunity for many of us We were able to pivot and adapt and pick things up. I went to some of these secondary markets and man, we would walk in, it was like a movie, you know, like the zombie movie with the tumbleweed going down the street, boat still in the driveway, you know, the houses are starting to be overgrown, keys left on the counter. In these secondary markets, if you don't have sound fundamentals and a job and employment base uh, at the core of all of these decisions, folks literally leave everything and they drive to the next opportunity where there's a better shot at employment. Did you see some of that during that time?
0: I couldn't have said it better myself. So there's two things. One, I hope your listeners are paying attention to the wisdom that you are articulating as a business owner. A business owner is going to make business decisions and those decisions are there. There's, there's insurance baked in, there's, there's market, cons- being conservative in the market baked in, there's, you know, short, medium and long-term uh, vision baked in. And that's, what a business owner that you have that in your bones. So I hope that your listeners are, uh, you know, are listening to you as you speak. So um, articulately about what, what, how you make decisions now, the good news. So that's a good thing. But the other side of the coin is that's what makes you and I entrepreneurs opportunistic because, you know, one of my mentors used to tell me, Hey, you said you love to be the second investor. That's where you make all the money, my man. I used to say, what, what do you mean? And then I bought some botched, you know, condo conversions and I turned them into multifamily. I bought, you know, the guy who, 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 you know, had the infill project too soon. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, unfortunately, that's the way the market fundamentals, the market, you know, swings and cycles. That's, that's the way it works. And we, you and I, you know, we just, we sit in our, our on our laptops at nighttime looking for opportunity.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I call it the Starbucks model. When I first started in my leasing career, 15, 20 years ago, uh, there was an emerging market out here where I felt like a Starbucks would be amazing. It would be tremendous. And it turned out five years, six years later, we did the Starbucks deal and it did perform, but I'll never forget. Gentleman's name was Nelson. He was in the leadership at, at Starbucks. And he said, James, listen, we never want to be first in, we would rather pay If the, if the market rents $20 today, I'd rather pay $32 tomorrow, but no, the market's proven because I know what my costs are. We're a disciplined company. We understand what we sell a cup of coffee for and what our expenses are. And we know at 32, we're still going to make X, but at 20, if we can't hit those metrics, as far as volume, we're dead in the water. So, uh, Back then as a younger uh, investor, a younger entrepreneur, I was go, 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 go. And I was like, "You, how could you not see this opportunity? And and he was such a gentleman and he walked me through. He was like, hey, man, I see the opportunity, but I also see the risk. I see where this can make a left where it's supposed to make a right. And if it does, I'll be damned if I'm going to be the Starbucks sitting here if things don't shake out the way they need to. So I'm not leaving my key. something that stuck with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave the key counter yeah, right.
0: on that one. <laughs> oh.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. Great so, story.
1: You know, your your mission now is you, to build multifamilies that empower entire communities. You're looking to help folks out with life skills, enhance their economic viability and mobility. Uh, you've authored some books. You're super heavily invested in early childhood literacy and financial literacy for adults. Uh, where's the passion come from? And is this something that you're, you're seeing in a world where I, I feel like social media has kind of made us a little bit more selfish, it's also connected us in a way. And I think that uh, we're seeing a lot more folks being responsible as they're investing in new neighborhoods. Could you talk a little bit about, about the, the, particularly the childhood literacy and some of the things you're doing in the community?
0: Well, let's first start with uh, the childhood literacy. One of the things that I've, um, you know, kind of figured out just just from my life experience being, you know, I grew up in South Los Angeles in the eighties. Um, and it, 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 it had its own level of um, characteristics, you know, that that, you know, were there. Now, from there, you know, through education, mentorship, through exposure, and just through you know my own life experience, I've been able to collect, you know, my lens of the world. And now that that lens of the world is 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 you know has been formulated, I want to I want to share as much of that as possible because a lot of you know unfortunately where where i was raised there wasn't a lot of resources and one of the resources is just you know the 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 availability of, of time and effort to put to, to bridge the word gap the word gap for for information health information for finance information for for well-being you know information and i just call it you know literacy that that literacy emotional intelligence literacy and those yeah. you know the earlier uh, um Access to that, the better for the individual's mobility. And that's another thing. I mean, we live in such a phenomenal world, like we were talking about being connected, and we live in such a phenomenal country in these cities that we live in. But a lot of us, a lot of communities, a lot of people, wherever, whatever background they come from, they're just not connected. And they don't have that mobility, that connection, and then that mobility to move through the society the way that could, you know best suit them whether it be educationally whether it be health wise whether it be a pillar of the community whatever politically financially so those are my passion that's that's what I see from my experience who I am and that's where I want to place as much you know uh, of my uh, attention and resources as possible I, I sit on the board of a, of a school in you know a, a school where the the, the 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 children of the of the the children, I mean, the parents of the children are not in the best financial situation, and it's you can tell that that information is being given to the children. So, what I'd like to do is give the children different information, well, and hopefully that you know transfers into some things like you and I are doing.
1: Well, it, it certainly will. I, I attended a uh a book tour event, John Maxwell, uh, is I love book, John World," um, amazing. Love- amazing man. And and when we were in, in the, the book signing, he was good enough to come out and speak for a bit. And he talked about how the number one thing that can impact the difference between raising up from an impoverished upbringing and getting out and breaking that cycle, the number one thing is third grade literacy levels. Blew my mind. Wow. That through all of the, the events I've been to and all of the political things I've been a part of in all these years, never have I heard that said before. And they're doing an amazing program that's focused on uh, many things, but one of them is raising the literacy level in the third grade. So
0: I I totally, 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 totally subscribe to that. I don't have the depth and breadth of, of experience that John Maxwell has. He's an amazing man. He's an amazing American. He's amazing, you know, spiritual leader. He's just an amazing guy. And, um, but I, 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 that doesn't, I know what I've seen. And since I've know what I've seen and I know what I have access to, I'm just trying to, you know, make that that connection. Here, Here's what I know, you know, for our the school that I'm on, on on the board of is uh their first through fourth grade. So it's, it's in that, it's in that spot.
1: Oh, god bless you for it uh, appreciate that work and and keep it up it'll it'll pay so many dividends and you'll change so many lives man really it's so important so congratulations on that if we can spend a couple of minutes talking about you know uh, Yusef today you're you're pairing investors with opportunities you're you're transforming repositioning you're doing commercial and residential correct uh,
0: yes uh, more so commercial but i i, I listen i'm a deal guy i'm a deal junkie i should say and when a deal comes up i have to really sometimes i have to talk myself out of it because it's it's they're just good
1: so as a fellow deal junkie right i was like a kid in the candy store getting ready to come on this podcast <laughs> you know you guys are are boasting returns that um to the outsider they seem like oh gosh 22 percent. nobody gets 22 percent as an insider we know that there are those unicorns. I call them the unicorn deals out there. Uh, and 22% as an average is in part, right? Trading on some of these unicorn deals where the returns are just absolutely astronomical. Um, you, you've put together, I guess, an assemblage of specialists. I understand you've got a CPA, an architect, you've got an advisory board. Can you talk a little bit about how that came to be and how did you put those components together?
0: Well, first of all, how that came to be is um, anytime you are in a, a leadership position and you have, you know, the the complexity of, of a project, of, you know, to to carry out a business plan, you know, you you, ne- you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. You, you just never want to be the smartest because that's not how life works. So what you do is you, tr- you try to step away from yourself and say, okay, well, what components are needed to carry out this. This business plan and that business plan can be you know the production of a, a, a repositioning of a um, a multifamily unit the build of a, of a small a smaller you know uh, build or it can be you know changing sometimes we change the class we change the class of the unit because of, of a project because the um you know the deal dictated that so you put together a you know a design board with an architect design the contract you know you put together You know, the best of the best or or what you can you know put together from that um, space you put together, you know, all of your 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 numbers, folks, your analysts, you know, your 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 CPA. And uh, you make sure all of that is is up to date and up to up to the level of, of, you know, where you want to be and guiding this this business project. And then as far as the advisory board, listen, I need to get out of my own way half the time. Because like you, I'm a lab. rat, Sometimes I, I'm like a scientist. I'm just I'm just in my own world, in my own head, kind of flipping around things that I like. But I have to, you know, take a look a gander at the horizon and take that, you know, that that vantage point to say what well what all does this entail? And that av- advisory board is a great you know component to having that you know horizon, that vision, that that um, all inclusive scope of things.
1: So I'm, and, I'm asking an advisory
0: board, it doesn't have to be real estate.
1: Interesting, interesting. So uh, I'm asking selfishly because we're putting together the structure for a fund. We, we think that we've got a real good read on the chessboard and we think that there's going to be some major opportunity, uh, you know, fourth quarter, 2024 through 25 and 2026. So we're, we're, we're laying the foundation for that now these uh, advisory members on your board—is it deal specific, or is it the same folks that you're running deal by deal through?
0: Uh, well, the good thing about multifamily real estate is you have, you know, one or two projects that you're dealing with. So when you say deal specific, you can have a, a, an advisory board for, you know, a company that you formed that really is dealing with one large or mid-sized project now if you were to spin off and start to do a different class of real estate and you know things were were different then you could you could formulate an advisory board to you know be uh more of a fit for that type of uh, activity but you know you're doing one two two deals a year maybe one deal every other year two deals these are larger deals and you don't have to really change the, the, the you know the team as much on the roster
1: got it so you're staying nimble based on Typology, location, all of those different things.
0: Yeah, if I came to your town and started to evaluate deals and put, you know, put boots on the ground, I it would be a different. I've never been, I've never done business there, so it'd be a different scope.
1: Got it. So, part of what you're doing is you're pairing. You'd be on my advisory board. You'd be on. I love it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, me and you, we're gonna talk after this one, baby. I can assure you of that. You'd be be the guy. So you're pairing investors with opportunities, right? Is, is uh, in your words right now, the company, uh, could you walk us through real quick? Cause I know that you've got time constraints. We have time constraints today. Uh, could you walk us through uh, kind of a model scenario of what you're looking for and, and who should be reaching out to you? Who's your audience?
0: Well, um, right now, you know, it's a it's more of, of who, what's a fit? You know, I'm not like, like we talked about earlier. I'm, I'm not chasing anything. I'm in my point of my career where if if it's a fit in a market that I'm comfortable with um in a place that you know I want to I want to um you know create a footprint then the investor the deal the resources that I'll pour into that particular area you know it is to be determined like I have investors in Los Angeles that they're not they're not comfortable in in Georgia I have investors in Georgia that are not comfortable. we're looking at some stuff in, in Texas now in the houston area in the houston metro they're not comfortable there so um you know the point where i am is here's the deal i'll you know i'll kind of talk to talk to a few of my um chosen uh investors about it and then if we if, if we go ahead and ink it and, and put it together then, then we'll move forward if not sometimes i'll let it out to a little bit more of a a, a general um you know population but more so things are pretty pretty tucked in right now
1: so you're enjoying a, immense success, and I'm I'm getting a sense of as you get to that that point, um, you have the ability to to pick and choose who you want to work with, and and where you want to work, and and you're not chasing the deals, right? Like you said, w- once you get to that point, folks, you you know you're in good hands, and and you're with someone that's arrived, uh, because when you're chasing the deals, and and you have to move capital and velocity of money is a major factor that's that's where you make some some mistakes right
0: absolutely i mean listen you and me both know this as as investors we love desperation on the other side of the negotiation table so you you don't want to be on that side of the table and i try to keep as much as that out of my uh the evaluation um shop as as as, as, you know humanly possible and another thing is i'm not boasting some Wild, crazy, fantastical success. It's just I've been doing this almost thirty years, and, and the fact that I've been doing it for so long, I should be at a point where things are, you know, I've, I've uh, created a level of productivity and a level of stability to, you know, do things at my own clip.
1: Well, congratulations on all the success, Yusuf. What's the best way for folks to to get a hold of
0: you? I mean, I'm an email guy. I mean, they can email me directly. Uh, at my email, which is Yusef, Y-U-S-E-F, at REAP, R-E-A-P dot capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L, Yusef at REAP dot capital.
1: Uh, really appreciate your time today, man. Uh, best of luck with everything. Is it okay if I reach out offline? I, I know we were tied today, but, but I really would like to talk through some other things with you.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm going to be in your town for the U.S. Open next month. For the women's uh, for the women's uh, uh, finals and no semifinals and then the men's finals.
1: If you have some from free time, shoot me a note. I'd love to take you out to lunch and and catch up.
0: Awesome, awesome. I
1: appreciate it. All right, man. Best of luck. Congratulations, and uh, I'll catch you soon. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, everyone. As always, everybody, please stay safe.